Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Previously on Chief Concerns. I think one of the biggest memory of Alex Smith is being down, I'm not sure how many points, maybe 20 some points, and coming back. I mean, that in itself, I don't think that's a setup. I think that's all guts and, you know, glory. I think we get out there and we ball, we just keep balling and Alex just keep doing it. Patrick Sertan, his son, I think number right now is number one, hands down. I, I got to watch him play and, you know, take nothing away from what he's done because he's with a great team. My sleeper is a guy that played alongside me in college ball is, is uh, Eric Stokes. And his, his son's name is Eric Stokes. And I think he had one of the uh, fastest 40s out there and he played at Georgia. Is is this the, the passing of the torch, right? Is this what this signifies? It, it comes down to that, that front office and what they feel is most important. The champ is here. We've touched down from a higher plane. Why you made it here? We always look forward to that week because it was always intense. You know that we ain't coming back. We got to the man, the myth, the legend, Dante Hall. My 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 favorite player growing up was Dante Hall. I love you guys and show, but Dante was my guy. Get to dashing because you're done on the war feet. Hey, hey, welcome to Chief Concerns. It's draft week, and we got a guest coming on to join us. We got longtime Kansas City Chief and New York Giant Chris Bober coming on. Chris, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. It's good to be here, see my old teammates, and um, see we're all doing well, and we can talk some Chiefs football. Let's do it. Now, Chris, yeah. it, it's it's amazing to have you on this week, especially it, you, you were coming on this week before the, the big news that happened last week, which leads us into Chief Concern number one, guys. What were your thoughts initially when you guys saw that this 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 kind of shockingly trade that Brett, Brett Veach pulled off, uh, trading out of the first round, pretty much just trading back to get or, uh, Orlando Brown Jr., and, you know, just, I mean, it's huge. It's one of the best left tackles in the league. And, you know, we, we missed out on Shred Williams, but we got Orlando Brown. Now, what was everyone's initial reaction to that? Chris, we'll let you uh, start it off here. Yeah, I, I got to say, I'm, I'm a big fan of them bringing in a, a young, experienced left tackle. You know, last year, you look at what happened when they went into the Super Bowl. They really didn't have any options. They had to move three guys just so they could – put their best five on the field and that really, really hurt them. But, but bringing Orlando Brown in and the other guys they brought in and Thune and I mean, they're, they're, they're loaded on the offensive line right now. They got a lot of experience, a lot of versatility and, you know, trading that first round pick and a couple other picks to get a guy that's a proven commodity, a left tackle. I think it's a great value. I really do. I think that now they have a lot of options. They can they can now put their guys in place. They can run their offense, and that's really going to help them. And now they can really focus on building their depth across the rest of the team, knowing that they have a big position taken care of. Eric? I agree. I mean, you got a guy that's that's um, a Pro Bowl tackle, humongous. You know, creates nice gaps, uh, especially for Lamar Jackson in that, uh, that backfield that they had at Baltimore. So he's a proven guy. Um, and and I've, I've been told that he, he can switch sides that, you know, on the line to, to play either left or right. But, you know, we need him on that left side. So, uh, and heck, he's humongous. What is he, 6'8", 340, 350? Huge. I mean, I'd probably lay him sideways and play the entire offensive line. <laughs> but um, I, I like the trade, man. It's, it's, it's a good choice for us to go out and get something to uh, – 
to take care of that uh, that Brinks truck that we have back there throwing the ball. Uh, JD, last week initially over text, you weren't the you weren't a huge fan of this move. Now, have you kind of changed your opinion on that? Um, you know what? I'm I'm still, uh, uh, you know, jury's still out for me. To be honest with you, look, I, look, oh, I, 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 well, listen, I, okay. <laughs> now, I I think it's a great thing that we got it right. There's no no question about that. The thing, what what comes to me is, you know, what we gave up, and then also too, the very next year he's going in for a deal. He's got to get a deal. So it's really just a one year. It's not like he's 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 going to be continuing with his contract. So now he's got to be up to get paid. Now, the reason he wanted to play left tackle as opposed to right is because there's about $11, $12 million difference between left tackle and right tackle. So that's part of the reason. Now, look, I get it. You know, is, is it worth it? Absolutely. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a great talent, no doubt about it. Shoot, he he's getting him – here was was the wonderful thing. I'm glad they got that deal done. When I'm looking at it, and I'm, I'm just saying from a standpoint, this is where I'm saying the jury's still out, is because if you look at that long term, right? Kind of like what you're what you're giving up, uh, and where you can have like a young guy who comes in, rookie tackle. You can have him all four years before he even thinks about getting into a new contract. Not to mention, you know, you still got that other pick into the fourth. Uh, you're not really giving up any type of draft picks for that. You can kind of develop them with what you want. So even if you do that, you can still call it, you could have still went into like free agency and got a guy, uh, you know, maybe at, at a at a decent price. You know what I'm saying? For for you know, maybe the one year or two years. The thing is, if he plays well, then he's just gonna break the bank, which is which is fine. I ain't got no problem with that whatsoever. Well, that doesn't do mean that. we gotta pay him to break the, you know, the, if he does play well. You know, he gets an option to go out to, to go out and perform and to either show if he's worthy of that that extension of a contract or heck, just go back, you know, test the market. Uh, well, not even test it, but he's going to get paid somewhere. Um, right. So. So, OK. Either so, way. OK. Based off that logic in itself and that reason, you just want a guy to come in here one year. Like, Look, I know guys are doing a lot of one year deals. Right. The thing is, you want to keep a guy here who's going to be able to stay with him the entire time. As long as you have Patrick, as long as you can keep him. Right. And so what ends up happening is, and, and this is just part of the game. I'm, look, I, look, I have no problem with him getting paid at all. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm 100% for that. The thing is, when we're just talking about just the, the, the move in itself, and it's just me, it's my own opinion. I'm just saying, like, when he plays well, look, and, and what's the name of just getting paid, like, what, about $24 million? His, his amount is going to go up after this year. So he's going to be looking for, like, that 25, you know, $24, 25000000 million a year paycheck. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and at that point, when you're looking at it, other guys is going to be up the very next, the following year. You know, how are you going to have the money? And, and even if the, the, the salary cap is going up, it's still going to be an issue as far as like trying to get all these guys signed, right? Because you just got thrown in, you got all these other guys that just got paid under this, you know, this last deal that uh, to me just kind of, it, it, it constricts your options somewhat. That's, that's all I'm saying. But look, is it a great deal for us? Absolutely. I wouldn't want nobody other than him being Patrick Mahomes, you know, his blind side, checking it out. I ain't got no problem with that whatsoever. I'm just looking at the long term as far as, you know, dealing with that. And that's why I was just saying you could have went through free agency maybe to get in a guy uh, that could still make, I don't know, do as well, but at least kind of get somebody who could come in right now uh, for a longer term deal. That's it.
Yeah, I think I think JD brings up a good point. Not in the fact that you know we love having him there. He's going to do a great job. We have this offensive line that's going to if they get to play together and stay healthy, they'll be really good. What we're really giving up, I think, as a Chiefs go, is the opportunity to bring other really good, young, inexpensive, draftable players in there. And, yep. and you think we're in the Patrick Mahomes era. They're paying him so much money. We can't put a lot of money around him because we got to pay Patrick Mahomes so much. So when you start adding this up, you put these big time players in there, you pay him a lot of money. There's a, there could be a significant drop off at other starters or the depth, you know, so trying to build depth is what we really need. Look at the depth we didn't have in the Super Bowl last year. So if injuries hit us and the big time players that are getting paid money go down, there could be a drop off there. So the chiefs have to really get good at drafting and signing good young players and developing them and, and getting the most value out of them before they have to pay them a lot of money. That, that that's the challenge they're going to have the whole time they're ha- they have Mahomes. They're, they have so okay. much money invested in him. I, I do like that. They're protecting him. I, I like that. Cause then you oh, can yeah. keep him on the field, but yeah, you, they, they need special team players. They need, you know, fifth and sixth DBs. They need fourth and fifth linebackers. They need more guys. So taking those draft picks away really, I think it kind of hurts them. So this guy really has to come through and, and, and play well. I get that. Um, I mean, even so who, how many guys do we have restructured their, their contracts this year? I think it was Kelsey and both Patrick. So I think in the years to come, that's going to happen more and more. And all it is, they're just taking a bulk of their money up front. Um, so they'll be able to, you know, squander around some things to, to make things happen to where we can bring in guys, where we can get those extensions. We Right now, we got, after this one year here, after this this season, there's going to be a crap ton of guys that are up for, for uh, to be re-signed. And I, I already know that we can't re-sign a whole bunch of them. So yeah, it, we need these draft picks that are that we do have, and we need to see what kind of great picks that we can get free agency wise. But to get a solid guy like that for just one year, I'm totally fine with it. Come in one year, prove that you're worthy. You know, if we have the money after this season, with you know, maybe cut a potential guy that we got a, a lot of money in next year, or, or you know, have some other guys uh, redo their contracts. Then we figure that out next year. But right now, we need something solid to protect our franchise. Uh, and I think he's a, a very key piece to what we need, what we needed last year, and for what we need this, especially this year going forward. After this year, we can figure out what you know what he's worth, and, <clears throat> and if we can, you know, move some numbers around it to get him uh, here for the long term. That's that's a lot of numbers being moved around. I'm telling oh. you, hey, 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 listen, hey, that's a lot of numbers being moved around here. Okay, and this guy's gonna be up that you you sitting over there, and you're just not gonna be able to do all of it. You, you you're not. And so, but but look, I'm not mad at the guys coming in, not at all. Matter of fact, I celebrate the Chiefs at least making that deal, right? And the only thing I look at justifying is okay, we was picking 31 anyway, right? So you know, we was kind of at the at the bottom of the barrel in the first round, so. What guy was going to be able to get at offensive tackle? I'm just, I'm kind of looking at both sides here, right? I'm, I'm just, I'm, th- to me, that's why I was like, wow, okay, great pick. Well, shoot, in the future, if I'm looking for a guy to be here for four years or five years, you know, during this time, 
can I get, could I gotten a, a, a good enough tackle, which I think they're, they're at least the top five or six guys were good enough to come in and start right now and develop him enough time for the season that you could have kept him here for four years without breaking the bank to have him here. You, you understand what I'm saying? And you got veteran guys around him to teach him. Matter of fact, you could, you could get a veteran guy like, like, like Bobo was saying with debt, that's not going to cost a whole lot of money, you know, to help teach the young guy. And if he's not doing well, pull him out, bring somebody back in that you need. So that that's what I was saying. I, I love the, 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 the signing in itself. I'm just looking like, like long-term what position they, it may put us in. That's all. Well, yeah, there was, there was two things. Um, so this past week, I guess the, it was the day after the trade that the, the rumors are that the chiefs were foreseeing that a lot of the top tackles by the time it got to 31, it was going to be slim pickings as far as getting the top guys. They think all, all, all pretty much the top five, top six tackles you're going to see in this draft are going to go by the time it gets to 31. So that's what it factored in as well. But then as far as the money goes, JD, uh, I remember earlier, early on in the offseason, we talked about missing out on Trent Williams. And I think some of us were happy in not paying him 23 years, 20-something million, whatever it was. <laughs> For a guy who's 33 years old, we're getting a guy who's, what, what 27, I, I believe? Uh, he's 25. 25. 25. Yeah. 20, 25. We're getting him for this year. It's one year, 12 million, I believe. But then after that, we could offer him a three or four year deal, 22, the same kind of money we we're going to offer Trent Williams this year before right. a younger guy. And next year, the cap goes up. And after that, the cap's going to continue to go up. Yeah. So that's those a, are the, I guess those are the, that's a big thing too, is that the cap uh, is going to continue to go up. So, I mean, the, the money's, I, it, it get, I don't hey, know. I just, I just think see it. Huh? I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to get a deal done sooner than later, just to try to right. get him a little bit cheaper. Like if they're going to extend him, they're they're going to probably get him in camp, see how he's doing, and try to get him locked up before his number goes up five or seven million dollars a year after the season. If he if he's a Pro Bowler again, so if they like what they see, they might put together a you know a three or five year deal, try to make it as friendly as possible, and, and lock him up. Um, because if you wait to go through another season, he does well, then his price goes way up. Right. Yeah. And, and then you're going to have to bring in two Briggs trucks. E. <laughs> then you're really going to have a- <laughs> so, which, which is hey, which is fine. I, look, I'm all about guys getting paid, no doubt about it. You know, hey, look, the guy, if he if he plays well, deservingly so, he should get paid. Right. I'm just saying, you know, it puts us in that situation. Yeah, he's young and he's going to use every single argument to get paid them big bucks, right? Hey, look, I am a young guy, all right? I do have three Pro Bowls up underneath me. This is what I'm worth. But Trent May last year, look, next year, he's like, look, I'm, I'm, I don't want to be the highest paid guy now, right? So, so, so oh, by this time, we'll find somebody else. I'm, I'm good with that. Oh, well, <laughs> I got you. I got you. So, okay, so sticking with the offensive line, um, now, everyone on all of the shows, NFL Network, ESPN, everyone's talking about the job Bright Feach has done this, this offseason. So from the Super Bowl, we saw the offensive problems, the offensive line problems that we had. Obviously, it was because of injury, Schwartz, and, um, and Eric Fisher getting hurt, and pretty much our whole line was depleted. But this offseason, getting Kyle Long out of retirement, uh, going and getting Joe Tooney, and then getting Orlando Brown, and then not only having that, we're getting Tardif back, from, uh, you know, he opted out last year, getting him back. As we're kind of, and, and the beauty about all the guys we have, even Joe Tooney, guy like that, he could play multiple different positions, not just a guard. Austin Blythe, the center we signed from the Rams, he can play multiple positions. 
How important is that that we not only have gotten the two stalwarts with uh, Tooney and Orlando Brown, but getting guys that can play a variety of different positions all across the old line, whether it's Kyle Long or Tardif or Austin Blythe. And we also we have also have um, Al Gretti who can play center and guard and everything. And then Rambers who can play guard and tackle. The list goes on of the guys who can play all these different positions. How important is that that we've seen that Veach kind of went out and attacked the biggest problem that we saw in the Super Bowl? I think it's huge from a depth perspective. And what it allows the Chiefs to do is to keep guys within a certain parameter of what they play. Like last year in the Super Bowl, well, I mean, you think about all year long, they had four of their top six O-linemen go down. But they had the same five guys played kind of the last three last quarter of the season into the playoffs, and they were they were kind of out of position to start with. But then when you when you lost Fisher, you had to take your right tackle and put him at left tackle, which is extremely hard. Then you had to take your right guard, put him at right tackle, and then put a guy in Wisniewski who, you know, he started in the Super Bowl last year, but he hadn't played very much. That messed everything up. But getting this kind of depth allows them to basically keep the centers of guards together and have one good or two good backups and then have two good starting tackles and maybe a swing tackle. You know, if, if there was a backup for Eric Fisher that could have just played left tackle, I think the Chiefs would have had a lot better performance in the Super Bowl. But oh, I agree switching, too. switching all those guys – I, I guess I just don't really agree with that move. Um, I, they know more than I do. They're on the inside. That is a tough thing to do. And if you get more quality guys, then, okay, a guy goes down the middle, you have a guy to stay in the middle. A guy goes down a tackle, you put your swing tackle in. Um, having guys like Tardif and that the guy they drafted last year that, that opted out, those guys can just stay at tackle or guard and center, and they don't have to play musical chairs. That's going to be huge for them. Yeah, that, that, you know, especially at, at that position, man, on the offensive line. I mean, it's so key that guys are in the position that they've been playing for a long time. Uh, it, it's a tough, tough transition to kind of make that. And anytime we ask guys to do it, guys are really so so opposed to like, dang, God, I got to go over here now. And, and look, as, as a tight end that goes from to left to right and then trying to block a guy who's a pass rusher, that is tough because, you know, you got to change your feet up. You know, your hips may be a little bit tighter on your left side than it is on the right. But it, it depth, absolutely, depth is, is what you're looking for. But we know that, you know, Kyle Long has played, you know, tackle. Yeah, he plays some guard. But you want guys to play the position that they've been, you know, paid to play the position, right? You know, don't don't ask another guy to come out here and do something that he's not able to do uh, or, or do it well, right? Just to just to fill a role or fill a void. You don't, you don't, you don't want to do that. You don't want to be caught in that position. Uh, but you know what, these guys, what he has put together right now, Beach has done a great job putting what he has together right now. Hats off to him. They've done a, a tremendous job of ramping up the, the, the offensive line uh, with the guys they got right now. So to be honest with you, if guys stay healthy right now with what they have, it, it's going to be tough. I don't think you need anything else right now at the, at the offensive line. So I like I like everything that he's done this, this offseason. I really have. I agree so far. I mean, yeah, he's, he's brought in what we uh, most need, and that's uh, somebody to protect that, you know, franchise or the ticket, whatever you want to call them, brings truck, Patrick Mahomes back there. So death, hurt, death, death helps, um, as it proved last year, we didn't have it. And uh, going into a, a, a defense like Tampa had last year was number one in a lot of categories, and then they proved it against us, so. Um, and I think that's a game that we could have easily won, you know, with, with the, the starting guys that we had at the beginning of the season. But 
it was a it was an embarrassment, and I I, I don't want to see it again. And I know that organization doesn't want to see it again. So. <laughs> yeah, I. You know, I think uh-huh. more, more guys like JD, man. I, seriously, you look at what the Chiefs did in the Super Bowl. They they came out and they were four wides, empty all day long. Didn't you know if they can get a, a couple of versatile like backup tight ends, fullback, H back type guys, they can play you know more versatile um, formations and personnel groups. The, the defense in, in the Super Bowl, they knew exactly what they were doing. All they had to do was stop like one thing, right? All they did was spread it out. And if you can, that's going to help the Chiefs so much more if they can start investing in versatile guys like tight ends and fullbacks and H-backs. To, it'll help them in the red zone. It'll help them on third down, on short yardage. The Chiefs just yeah, worked we, good we in those had areas. Discussion all year last year because there's a lot of times that we didn't score in the red zone. I mean, there's a lot of times we didn't score in the red zone. And that was a big run topic. The ball. Yeah, that's, right. that was, a, that was right. a big topic was uh, we, we don't – we have good running backs, but that's not a part of our game. That's not our identity. And so we stick to what we're known for, and that's trick plays and passes, you know, and we get in the red zone and you don't need those trick plays, just pound it. You know, if you, you got the, the offensive line to do so and, 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 you know, a great tight end like Kelsey, um, I, I know he's not known for, for blocking, but you know, he can do it. You know, he's proven he's been there for a long time. So, um, but that's one thing that we stay, we get away from, uh, you know, and, and we stick to what we're known for. And a lot, JD was one of the advocates of that was like, you know, we need to, you know, uh, punch the ball in by running game, you know, throw Le'Veon in, try to get him more acquainted with the offense. But it's just not what we are. It's not what we do. They, you know, they need a package with big guys out there. And now what's, I think what that would do is that would give them the ability when they get down to the red zone and, and the field's constricted, it doesn't do you, doesn't give you an advantage to spread it out. Right. You hey, mean, I think that the, the last time we did a goal line package is when Patrick tried to quarterback sneak. And that, they have done that in his career. So <laughs> no more goal line package. <laughs> look, what, look what Tampa did. Right. They had Brait and Gronkowski and Gronkowski was their blocking tight end. Right. And they have two tight ends on the field. You can run the ball and then you get good at the play action game. And that's how you win in those those critical situations in the red zone and the Chiefs. They had to run shovel passes and, and reverses and things like that. If you just run the ball down, remember old Al, Al Saunders, man, we got down there, we ran sweep, we ran up the middle, and we always scored in the red zone. So okay, we that's need a different that type of offense. That's a, that's a Will Shields, Willie Rope, Jason Dunn, Casey Weedman, all pro offensive line with Priest and Lael J, you know, some tremendous running backs. Right now we're a totally different offense. Mm-hmm. We're pass first now, so – you know, with Al Saunders, it was, you know, we relied on that offensive line. And, and, and J.D., you know, you're, you're part of the offensive line. So that's what we relied on. Right now, it's, we rely everything on Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill. Well, they got the line now. They, they better use it, you know. That, that would that's make true. them almost impossible to stop if they could put a package in that ran the ball. That would be, I agree. It'd be unstoppable. I we all agree. Uh, uh, you know, I, I was – I was kind of amazed, to be honest with you. I, and the thing is, he, when you're when you're running all those plays with motions, trick plays, and whatnot, they're all good when they're until they're not right. Mm-hmm. Until to the point where now these things are not working against you know stout defense, and you have to like plug it in for like two or three different yards. You know, yeah. I was talking to my nephew. I'm like, man, was was the last time we had a bag to go over top of the line? You know, just after about three or four yards, right? Like, listen. Do not let Patrick run the football down. I don't care, right? They, they want to get away from the sneaks. <laughs> get away from the sneaks. 
But you have to, and, and, and Bo would attest to this, it's just a, it's a wheel. There's a wheel within you that's sitting there saying that, look, we need two yards. Or we need three yards. Everybody's got to bow up, put your cleats in the ground, let's play bully ball at this moment, and punch the ball in. And I just can't understand, like he was going to just, you know, his point of, of putting a package together, of having a guy. I don't even care if you bring a defensive tackle in. You know, he used to do things like that all the time. Remember they used to bring the fridge in? The fridge used to get down there as a, as a fullback? Ontario and, Poe. Huh? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, at least have that package available to you. And I, I just couldn't understand why they, they, they didn't really utilize that or even have that in their game plan, right? Yeah. Especially in, in, in special circumstances. I don't care if you call it a special circumstance. Fine, have that. You Look, even a, a Hail Mary, you got to have a special circumstance, right? Are we going to work out uh, work on that? It's, 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 it's stuff that you work on weekly that should be a part of that. That's already in that playbook, but it's like we don't that's, – that's nothing we do. And, yeah, right. when you have those fourth and ones that are on their side of the field, we're going in maybe on the 35 and we want to, you know, go for this. We don't have that goal line package, that short yardage package wow. to say we're going to punch it for a yard or two. And we yeah. got nice running backs. You know, Le'Veon's a boy. He's not – I don't think we got Le'Veon back. This is a one-year deal, right? Yeah. So, yeah. but we still have that within the package. Like all offensive linemen used to love that. You know, we get to you know bully some people on the line, and, and to get this one yard. But that's not us. We don't. We we we're gonna throw a ball for half a yard. Yeah. We're gonna I, went back play. And, I went back and watched the last the Super Bowl they won. If you watch the personnel groups, they were very versatile. They had two tight ends a lot in that game, and they would put them in motion. They'd run counters. They'd run powers. they run play action. And I personally believe – I was very disappointed there was no kind of adjustment, no backup plan for this last Super Bowl. And I just really believe that given the personnel limitations they had – up front when they had to move guys around, they just didn't have the opportunity to get those guys comfortable in that package. But if you were to have a big package, then the defense has to prepare for that. I really True. think Tampa said, you know what? They can't, they can't run the ball like that. We're going to change up our coverage. We're going to mix and match our, when they, when they run their motion, that's an indicator of, of zone or man coverage. They completely fooled them and they didn't have anything to fall back on because they just, did, the linemen were moving too much. It's too much to ask a guy to go from right tackle to left tackle and expect him to pick up everything. It just oh, didn't work. The, the run game, in my mind, is actually way more intricate up front than the pass game. So you have to have your fits right. You have to have your calls right. And when you move guys around so much, they just couldn't do that. And that was their downfall, I believe. They were way too too vanilla in that game. And they, I, I think they know that. If we're sitting there talking about it, you know they know that. No, I, so know. I think they're. I think they're gearing up to really make it so their offense is, is tough to tough to disguise, tough to figure out, and they're going to run a big package on, and they're going to run four wides on, and they're going to mix and match, and that'll make them really, really good. Now now they have to go get some of those guys. They got the linemen. Now get some versatile guys in the backfield, tight ends. They need those guys to plug and play, and they'll be really tough if they can do that. Yeah, and see, I don't. to me, I don't think CEH is a downhill running back. He's not an in-between. Garrett Williams is, though. Who? Well, they're backup. Yeah, Williams is. is. Yeah, Williams is. But you know, that's kind of a giveaway, though. Yeah, but you those guys. In all honesty, I'm not. You can find a guy that can run downhill. You know what I mean? You know, it it doesn't have to be the best running back in the world to to plug it in there. You know what I mean? So those guys are out there. Get that guy on your roster, and maybe that's a guy that they find later in the draft, or they sign a a running back who's got some tread um, on the tires. I heard Ingram was Ingram was available. 
Yeah, some one of the guys like that, that bring those guys in, and that's your third down guy or you know your big package guy. That'll that'll be very scary on that offense. And if you look at the guys we did bring in this offseason, look at their, their their track record, right? Orlando Brown comes from the, the Ravens, uh, the team which you know one of the best rushing teams in all football the last few years. Uh, you go to uh, Joe, Joe Tooney comes from a balanced New England Patriots, very physical. Austin Blythe coming from McVay's offense. I mean, that's that's a good that's a good uh, running uh, offense. And then even Kyle Long, look at his, but you know, with, with Matt Forte, and that was that was a, those are good r- rushing Bears teams. Um, so it's obviously we're going for the more physical type, you know, like going for those linemen who can be the road grader types. So yeah, they they've done their homework. I mean, it's just their body of work. You, I mean, you got to get guys in here that do that. You, I mean, you have to. I mean, you can't sit there and think about okay, we're just gonna pass all the time. Get a guy here who's just gonna be you know uh, uh, stopping the rush. No, you got to get a guy who's gonna you know sit his butt down, get low, and come off the football. Yeah, yeah, let's not get in third and twelve all the time. I, <laughs> and, and the Chiefs were good at converting that, but that's that's playing with fire. You know, they have to have Mahomes scramble and barely get eleven yards or throw up a hail marys. That's that's not a way to to win. And the Chiefs somehow pulled that off, and they almost won a Super Bowl with it. But you can't win consistently like that. And again, they know that they see that too, just like we do. So I think they're building up a kind of a a, a bunch of guys that can that can get off the ball and run the ball and make their offense tough. Yeah. And so uh, with that, so our next concern, you know, obviously Veach, we've talked about it on the show already. Check Mark on the offensive line. I think he's done his job with the offensive line. Now it's going to find those other those other things. So obviously with the trade last week, it makes tomorrow night a little less important for the Chiefs. Um, you know, we don't have a trade unless we trade back yet. A pick we don't unless we trade back in. But so Friday night we have picks number 58 and number 63. Now that we've kind of checked off the offensive line, I guess, the starters, right? Unless there's a, one of the guys falls to us, one of the centers for, you know, going forward in the future. But what do you think we should go for? Um, any guys, any names in mind that you guys might have at 58 and 63 tomorrow night or Friday night? I have no clue what's available at that pick. I've seen a few mock drafts, and I think they had us picking uh, – a couple of them had us picking some guy, uh, uh, Ronnie Perkins. I think he's a defensive end with, with Oklahoma. Um, but it's, we have to do something with the defensive end with the edge rushers. And we, we need to get a, a, another receiver in there. So uh, for the most part, I think uh, those are the, the main are most important after we've gotten uh, the big left tackle right now. So just get a defensive edge rusher. Uh, this, the situation with Frank Clark, I still don't get it. Like, no, nobody really talks about it, but they talk about it. And uh, I don't know if, 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 if things will change with him, mainly because we brought the other guy in from Seattle. So maybe that that little duo can, can spark – well, I don't say the duo, but the, the, the tackle can spark a fire up under him to get his his uh, career back on track because that was a drastic fall-off of what he did last year. Um, and I'm not one to, to, to bash on players, and that's not what I'm doing now. It was just uh, – he didn't play very well or to, up to his standards uh, for what they brought him in for. Yeah. I, I think the chiefs, if, if I don't, it's hard to target like positions, but I think they're really just going for value, you know, and this is what Andy Reid and those guys have done really well. You look at their first year, you know, they were two and 14 and he starts out nine and zero, and he signed like seven guys after the first, second round of cuts and they became starters. So they need those kind of guys to find in the draft. I personally think that on defense, they can use some more covered linebackers, some guys to play in space more because you remember when Andy Reid got here, they had Bob Sutton's defense. They had a 
They had a bad de- – they were they were amazing with Poe and Derek Johnson and D Ford and Justin Houston, Eric Berry. But that kind of defense doesn't win with a fast-paced offense. You need a defense that complements a scoring offense. you got to be able to rush the passer because when we're up, because we're going to score points, we have to be able to rush the passer and we have to be able to cover. So if you're looking at on the defensive side, getting more athletes over there that can cover the field is going to be a, a huge benefit for them. They can always use more DBs, um, coverage-type linebackers, and then, of course, guys who can rush the passer because we're in a lot of games where we need sacks. We need guys, yeah. we need guys to close out games. And I think that you know, Chiefs have, have been really good at finding – third, fourth, fifth round guys that are diamonds in the rough. And they need to find that kind of guy. I, I'd love to see a pass rusher to a young guy that just, even if it's all he can do, I don't care if he can play the run at all, but if he can rush the passer, maybe he has some issues that let him fall that fall back to us, but taking a chance on a guy like that might, might be a big benefit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my name, I'm, I'm going to call us Basham from, uh, from Wake Forest. It's my guy. I love him, you know, cause he can do both. He, he can rush the passer. Plus, he's great against the run. Uh, will we get him? I don't know. I'm not sure about that. But I, I do agree with Bobes on this, is you got to find some cover linebackers as well. But if you do have that pass rush, it makes the secondary and the lot – it just makes the job so much easier. We know that. It makes it a whole lot easier. So now when you get that pressure, now this guy that, that's sitting back there who's covering, you don't have to do as much of, of, of work on doing that. So it just makes the job so much easier. That's why I think, you know, you got to get an edge rusher. You got to get a guy, a defensive end, who's going to be able to come out the football. And like you said, Bo, even if he's just a guy that 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 that's what he's doing, is just coming after the ball all the time as, as, a, as a pass rusher, is going to bode well for us. Yeah, so, get, some, get some athletes, you know. Um, Spagnuolo yeah. is so good at mixing and matching guys, right? Like we have – there's a lot of times that we have three safeties on the field, which is not traditional. Um, if you get a guy that's a, that's or guys that are athletes, he'll move them around and game plan them. You saw what he did in the Super Bowl for for the Chiefs. What he did for the Giants back in the day. They used to have this NASCAR package, and they put guys in there who aren't playing most of the game, but they did some crazy stuff. But some versatile guys. I think the key is just to get really athletic guys and let them play them like chess match, like a chess match out there. Let them be on the field. A lot of speed. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do need to kind of revitalize that a little bit is to maybe get some fast guys on defense so that, you know, sideline to sideline, we're covering, we're getting to the passer and that'll take a lot of pressure off the offense. Yeah. Cause it's just matchups, right? That's all it is. You, you just matching the guy up and then he can make an adjustment uh, just based off that. So yeah, I, I, I agree with you at hundred percent, you know, yeah, two guys I, I personally wanted, Jabril Cox from LSU, inside backer, uh, especially with, with Anthony Hitchens on his contract year. That's a guy who could come in next year and fill in with him and Willie Gay on the inside, I think would be not, two athletic uh, inside backers would be sweet. And then St. Brown, the USC receiver, which they're saying he might go higher than that. Um, I know we we talked about it last week. Juju Smith was a guy we targeted, very, very similar to the USC guy. They have a very similar mold, uh, which obviously um, Antonio Brown got side today, so that's one less receiver on the market right now. And so obviously we're going to have to either you know go go with the high uh, receiver in the second round. So we'll we'll see. I, I, I've been busy all day. Who they be signed with? Uh, T- Tampa. He resigned. He went back to Tampa. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, I kind of figured that, that was going to be it. I mean, yeah, really. You know, we put so many receivers on the field. So we do need some depth there too. You know, good yeah. young guys there. Um, I mean, a veteran would be nice in there, but you know, when we're going three and four wide so much, if one of those guys gets hurt, that changes the package a lot. 
you know, that's why it would help to have some, some more versatile big guys, but um, you always need depth on the receiver side. Maybe take, maybe get a guy that falls to you um, guy. That's like a project that can go in there on third down and take the top off the defense, stuff like that. But in, in our offense, now that we got the O line kind of set some depth, of receiver would help, even if it's not a draft pick, maybe a guy who's fallen through the cracks in free agency, something like that. Athletes over on that side will help too. Yeah. And I think, you know, you can really get a, a great receiver later on in the draft. I really do. Because there's a lot, a lot of diamonds in the rough who just are just waiting for an opportunity to show what they can do, right? And usually it's just about like, you know, how, you know, offenses are put together. And a guy might not be able to show what he can do based off his old offense he was in in college. And then all of a sudden you get him where he's just kind of free to kind of do what he wants to do as, as far as like, you know, more creative in the, in the passing game. Now, all of a sudden, this guy right here, just he, he just decides, to, well, at least he shows that he's a heck of a player, you know. So I think you could get a guy like that later on in the draft, too. Uh, That's, I mean, late draft picks and, and, and free agents should be easy. I, I, I kind of feel like, you know, playing with Patrick is, is kind of like playing with LeBron. You know, LeBron is going to make you look better. You know, if all you got to do is go out there and do your job. If you can shoot, shoot. If you can rebound, rebound. Let him be the dictator of this offense, and you go do your job, and the ball's going to get to you when you're open. If not, do your job blocking or stay within your route, play honest ball. So even if it's a free agent, I think that – I don't want to say it's easy to plug receivers into this offense, uh, but I do think it's easier uh, when you look at who you got throwing you the ball, how he gets it to you, and you know how much it's going to make you better as a, as, as a receiver. Uh, just because of the things that he's done. Now, as long as the offensive line is solid, we already know Patrick's going to make some crazy throws. If you get open or just run your route or make sure you got the hands to catch it, you know, because he's going to get it there. He's going to put it in places to where most DBs can't get to it. And, and heck, and maybe a behind-the-back pass and stuff that you haven't seen, but you just have to be prepared and always ready for it. So I just think that he's that, that type of player that's going to make you better. Um once you're there. So you don't need a really standout guy. I agree. Um, yeah. We talk about the receiver like Juju and those guys we didn't get in all honesty, how, how often is like a big time receiver that gets paid a lot of money been worth that money. Right. So we're, I think we're kind of blessed not to have gotten those big time receivers. Cause like you said, Mahomes will make, will elevate those guys as their games. It's really hard to justify spending that kind of money on a receiver. Cause you can take away a receiver out of a game. You know what I mean? But if you get more of them at a better cost, let, let the, the, the investment go into Mahomes and then let him develop those guys and yeah. you know, receivers, fast guys like that. They, they play a lot of special teams. They can be returners. They, they do a lot of things. So I think it's, it's better to invest in Mahomes, protecting Mahomes, and then let get some fast guys out there and let, Mahomes, let, let, let the offense make them better rather than saying we need to pay this guy $20 million a year to be a receiver. I don't, I don't think we need that guy. I think I we need good, good athletes out there. Put your money in Mahomes and let him make them better. Sure. Well, I, I, look, okay. So I'll go through the line. Look, we got Robinson. We got Pringle. Uh, we got Hardman. We got Tanze Sharp. That's four guys. And then we got the, the other guy who was, uh, who's a tight end, who, who's going to become a tight end. Who's that guy? Uh, I can't think of his name. Forson. Yes. Forson. So we got five guys who could come in and, 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 and who's been playing with the offense, right? These guys have been here. Tom Jay, he's new, but these guys have been playing in offense. And so, you know, these guys and, and these guys know Patrick. So he, they know what to expect. And, you know, he knows what to expect out of them too. 
so that to me that that right there makes sense. I man, I love this young receiving core. I I, I don't think we're giving it enough credit. Look, yeah, that's I, what I say too. I don't think they're giving enough credit either. Yeah, we, look, we got Hardman and we got Tyreek and we got Kelsey. Look, those three guys right there takes the top up. Well, uh, Tyreek and, and, and Hardman can take the top off the defense, no doubt about it, right? And anytime you have that threat, that's always going to be hard against the defense to deal with something like that. We we got it. We got a great receiver core. I, I like these guys. And they had that. And they had that in the Super Bowl. It's just I think their protection issues just didn't allow them to use those guys. Right. We we went five five man protection like eighty percent of the time, and just were relying on Mahomes making the right read. The problem is Tampa knew that, so they just disguised their coverages and they switched yeah. it up. And there were so many times in that game when I, I was frustrating when I watched the film after the game. There was guys that were wide open. Yeah. And it's because they got a wrong read. They put their motion read out there and they bumped over coverage and they thought it was zone when it was really man, or they thought it was man when it was zone. And by the time yeah. they figured it out, the, the rush I got in there. So it was just a culmination of a lot of bad things that, that really started with their protection. And if they get that short up, they have the talent on the outside and over the middle to, to, which what they got now. They don't have to yeah. go out and make a big, like, that's why I didn't care. They didn't get Juju. Who cares? We don't need that guy. I'm the same way. And, and, as much as we want to say Kelsey's a tight end, we might was he's a he's a receiver. You know he's out there. He's got receiver numbers. He's hardly ever lined up in the in the in the at, the, at that spot tight end spot. Always flexed out, and he's always making the big plays for us. So uh, yes, that the receiver core is, is is I think already in place. Can we add somebody? Of course. Do we really need somebody? No. Mm-hmm. And and to add on to what you said, JD, all the guys you named. Uh, Hartman is the only the high draft pick was a, he's a second round pick. Everybody else, you know, I think Tyreek was a fifth round pick. Robinson was a sixth round pick. Pringle was undrafted. Yeah. Uh, Tajay Sharp, we just we, we just signed him off the street. Uh, Jay Fortson was undrafted as well. So I mean, obviously, you know, the the, the guys we're are hitting on these undrafted and late round pick guys. So I mean, you guys are right. Maybe, maybe we don't have to draft a high receiver too. And and LeBron comparison, I, I love the LeBron comparison. You know, he was, <laughs> he, he was making Mike Miller and James Jones money at the end of their careers. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right, so a fi- final question of the night. It's tr- it's draft weekend, um, and obviously this is life-changing for so many. Um, all of you guys, obviously, it changed your lives forever. Um, kind of talk about, the, I guess, the memories and, I guess, of what what was kind of the, the scene and the setting of when you guys got the call. And I know all of you guys have, have got a different stories. Uh, Chris, you were undrafted. Eric, you were seventh-round pick. And JD, you were in the second. Um, kind of talk about your stories on, on draft night when you guys uh, got the call. I mean, I didn't know my situation. I, they want to go, but I had no clue where I was going. None whatsoever. You know, I was told I could be a first day, I could be a second day. Uh, so I just kind of stayed prepared. And, you know, when the phone call came, uh, I had a little disappointment in mind because when I got the phone call from, from, from Marty, it was more so, hey, kid, we're going to move you to corner instead of playing your safety. And I was like, man, I've never played corner in my life. But, you know, I'll give it a try, you know, just to, you know, live out my dream. But. It ended up working out for me. So uh, other than that, like I didn't have family around because I had no clue. Like I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, we're kind of dating ourselves here. Back when we all got drafted or didn't get drafted, it was a two-day draft, Saturday, Sunday. (laughs) And, um, you know, I I came from, even though I had a lot of accolades, but I came from a Division II school, you know. So there was no chance I was getting drafted on the first day. So day one, I, I was even watching, just checking in on the draft. Uh, and day two, I got, kept on getting calls all day long. Uh, I was in the basement with my 
future wife, just us. And I know my parents, her parents, all of our friends are waiting, but um, you know, seven rounds come and go. And all the phone calls I got were not to tell me they, they said they were going to maybe draft me, but I, I was, I was very lucky in that when I didn't get drafted, I had the chance to pick a team that where I could go and, and come in and develop. I ended up, choosing between about 15 teams and going to the giants. And they had the coach named Jim McNally, who really loves to, to develop younger offensive linemen. So that's where I end up going. Um, and it, you know, it worked out great. I, it, a lot of guys who get drafted in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, you know, teams are kind of taking a flyer on them. Like we don't really need him. Let's bring him in and see what he's got. Where honestly, if you're going to get drafted that late, you might as well just go to, you get undrafted and pick the team you want to go with. Cause if your agent's done their homework, he knows which teams might have a need. Um, me personally coming from a smaller school, I couldn't have went in there and played my first year and done well. So I, I had a chance to, to develop and then eventually become a starter in the league because I went somewhere they could develop me and they, they saw my value like that. So I was lucky to not be drafted and um, kind of get to choose where I went. So Again, I didn't I was an eighth round pick out of seven, but it worked out pretty well. I did. Well, uh, mine was it was slightly different. Mine it was the anticipation about what team was going to get you. And I, I was supposed to be, you know, first round pick. That's why I was projected uh, one of the top tight ends taken. I was the third tight end taken in the entire draft. But uh, it was always about, you know, I was going through the process of thinking, okay. What did I say? What team needs tight ends? Like I knew every single thing that needed that tight end. Every team that I talked to, our conversations, what we had. And so I was at my agent's house and, and I, the house was full with, with, with his family, my family, uh, just antis- anticipating this. And, and, and you could feel just everything in the air, how it was. Uh, and, and I, you know, I kind of talked about this before. It was kind of like the letdown. Well, I, when I ended up going like second round, was a hurt because I got calls during the first round. It was like, hey, look, be ready, be ready. And it didn't happen. Uh, I, I remember, matter of fact, uh, remember Leland McElroy from, was it, I think, Texas he went to? He was supposed to be a running back. He didn't get chosen the first round. He was supposed to be like a high drop pick. And he ended up going to New York uh, for the whole entire draft. And I remember just seeing his face every time he was going through that he wasn't getting drafted. And he ended up, Crying. I think they had him on, on camera of him crying and people consoling him because he didn't get drafted in the high draft pick. And that was tough, man. It was tough to see like on TV and him going through those things. But I know that 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 first round and, and you know, trying to figure everything out, man, it's just it's so nerve wracking. It really is. You know, because your, your family's sitting there waiting for you because like everything that you've been you've been working for is up at this moment. And so they have literally they have, you know, your life in their hands as far as like what you're going to do. And so I'm sitting there thinking like, man, what would be the best fit for me? You know, and I'm thinking like, you know, where can my family travel? You know, what's going to be close to me? And like I said, I knew where I didn't want to go. I didn't put it that way. I, I was like, oh, please. Uh, you know, when you're looking at the teams that, you know, two pass on you. So, uh, yeah, that, 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 that first day, and at least for me, man, it was, it was, it was real tough. It was real tough. You know, just dealing with that, the emotions, high and the lows, not getting drafted and just the crushing aspect of not doing it or, or getting there like you wanted. And once I got drafted, uh, it, it was a, it was a feel good moment, but I was still disappointed. And I was still upset uh, through the process and still going second round. So. 
man, I could have had the Wyoming rattlesnakes call me in the second or third <laughs> round. I would have been happy. <laughs> hey, hey, look, I'm glad you give a damn who called me. <laughs> Just call. <laughs> Hey, they'd have been like, hey, Jake, you going to the Wyoming uh, Rattlesnakes. <laughs> <laughs> Hang up the phone. Hang up the phone. <laughs> yeah, my, my dad always tells the story of, um, like, I wasn't with my parents um, during the draft. I was just at my the house we rented in college. And Dick Vermeil actually called my dad at, at their house because that's the number they had. You know, back then they didn't have social media or anything like that. I had a little yeah. flip phone, right? <laughs> um, they called my dad and my dad's like, who is this? Are you playing a prank on me? And I remember when I signed with, with the Chiefs and Dick Vermeil, I told him that story. He had to laugh about that. But my dad didn't even believe that Dick Vermeil would call him. So that's how mm-hmm. low on the pecking order I was. My dad, when a head coach calls, he didn't believe it. So, <laughs> Hey, well, look, hey, Bob, Bob, at least you had a flip phone. You know, we had <laughs> the regular, uh, you know. When you, the bath phone. Yeah, somebody else called me like, who is this? Hey, man, are you about to get hey, Hang up the phone. Hang up the phone. Hang up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody else is calling you. Yeah, in between. You don't want nobody. Hey, hey, look. Yep. Don't, hang, don't you call me on this day. <laughs> yeah, you had to make sure your folks had call waiting back then. Like, did you sign up for call waiting this month? We need it. Yeah, right here it's five dollars more a month. Sign yeah. up for it. That's yeah, awesome. we're dating ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> and, and any advice you guys want to give to the young bucks who are you know about to embark on this next uh, three day journey? Man, uh, my advice to them, man, just enjoy the ride. Enjoy it yeah. and take it in for what it's worth. All I can say. And, 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 I, and I wish, you know, then that I, I kind of got into the process of just like like being, you know, I was thankful, but just enjoying the entire process, the entire process of it. Uh, and then, you know, just your family, hug them, love them, you know, because they just, they, and I think my family was so happy, Right. I was happy, but I believe that my family was a lot more happy. They were so proud of it. And, and just, you know, be grateful for them around them too. you know, kind of congratulate them and just love them. And, and I know people will, but just take it all in. Take it all yeah. in. And, and please don't take it for granted because this, this it's a life changing moment. Like it is a very it changes every aspect of your life. And it can for in, in a great way uh, to see the things that you never had. Uh, growing up and to live a dream that you've always lived, you know, you know, wanted to do so. Uh, do not take anything for granted. Learn as much as you can. Put in the work. Uh, give the effort. Yeah, I, w- I would say that, you know, this is just the first step. Right. And it's great to be drafted at a certain point. But if you can just get an opportunity, that's all you really need. Right. You don't have to be a first round draft pick or a seventh round draft pick where you get picked after that happens, it doesn't matter. You go out there and put that helmet on and what happens between those white lines doesn't matter where you get drafted, right? It matters whether or not you can produce, whether or not you can do your job and just enjoy, like you said, enjoy it and learn from the guys around you and take it all in because I, I, you're so, you, you get so nervous, right? You think, oh my gosh, I was a kid in Omaha, Nebraska, and I went to New York City. I'm like, I've never been in New York. I've only been on a plane once in my life. So, but at the end of the day, it's just football. You go out there and you do the best you can and you you soak in everything you can, just hustle and put in the time and the work. And, and if you're good enough and lucky enough, and you can make a career out of it. But it's just the beginning, just because you go and get drafted where you get drafted or don't get drafted, doesn't mean you can't end up being a really good player. True. 
Awesome. And great, great advice from all you guys. Um, and Chris, it was awesome having you on, man. I, I know that we've seen your stuff on the Bober Academy. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about that? Actually, we've seen some of the videos on uh, on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, my son's graduating high school this year. He's actually going to go play at a JUCO this fall, play football. But now that he's done playing, playing, I don't have to be as involved in, you know, going to and taking him everywhere. So offensive line technique has always been a passion for me. So I, I was lucky enough to play under some great coaches. I have the distinction, or I don't know if it's a good thing or not. I've, I've started a, at every position on the O-line. So I've at least learned them all. Um, Will Shields called me the jack of all trades, but the master of none. But I'm trying to use that to, to develop young linemen where from middle school all the way up and teach them the fundamentals of football. And I tell you what, it's a blast. I love getting back into football. You get kind of mired in, in raising your kids and you got to be there for that. But now that I can kind of get back in the game, I'm having a blast. I, I love it. I love being around the game. I love coaching these kids um, without having to like be there every day get to put my stuff out there and I got great players to rely on of what I learned from Hall of Famers coaches it's just a good time for me so I, I love doing it if anyone sees my stuff out there just send me questions whatever I, I just love it and I'm glad to be back into the game and, and contributing to help make the game better that's what's up I enjoy watching you man I, I follow you on social media <laughs> I think fun. I send you a text probably once or twice a year <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we stay in touch, you know, getting down to KC. <laughs> hopefully we can get back this year, you know. We didn't get to yeah. see everyone last year. And I'm going to go to an ambassador meeting next week, finally for the first time since this all started, and see all the guys. You know, we haven't seen everyone. So I'm excited to get back down there and just see all, all, all the guys and actually touch them and be around them and be around the game again. Yeah. Hey, Chris, well, hey, you, you're a good dude, brother. You know, you are. And, and, and I know the kids are better for it, for you, you know, being in their life and, and teaching them these things. And you can see the joy in their face, too, man. You're doing a good job with it. You and know? also, you know, O-linemen, they don't – there's not a lot of instruction out there for O-linemen. It's not no, very it's not. glamorous. Right. But um, it's amazing how just a little bit of fundamentals makes these kids so much better. And, you know, I'm starting to see the results of these guys who are who are being successful on the field. So that that's what it means like to me. And I get a blast. I get all jacked up, man. It's like I'm playing football again. And I, it's, it's kind of hard, though, as you get older to get out there and coach them. You get a little sore, man. Yeah, <laughs> I don't get down yeah. in that football yeah. position very much. But um, I'm, I'm just trying to trying to have fun with it. And, you know, it's a good time. Are, are you are you using any uh, Solari sayings? I, you know, I, I, I coached O-line for four years. And yeah. I find myself doing a lot of what Solari said, too, man. I, I am. Are, are you doing it, too? Are you just kind of... Um, some of them. Some of them. And we can go on and on about that. We were all around that for quite a bit of time. And it's like we need a, re a reunion once a year just to go in there and, and go over all the stuff our coaches said. And I'm sure that's right. what my kids are doing about me, too. So... Probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, it was awesome to have you. The, the insights you provided, with, especially this episode, talking about offensive line and stuff, and just in general, we'd love to have you back on um, at, at some point during the season. We'd love to have you and, and listen to you talk. I can I can listen to you talk all day about technique and all this stuff. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you so much. I, I have a blast with this. So anytime you need me, you just reach out. Sweet. Enjoy, awesome. my man. We definitely will keep in touch. All right, guys. All right, guys. you both. All right, my brother. Be good, awesome. man. I love you, man. All right, buddy. See you guys later. Okay. Bye-bye. See you, Chris. All right. And so that does it for us. We'll see you guys next week. Um, at the, we'll do the aftermath of the draft uh, to talk about what we got and what we didn't get. And, you know, and of course, our guys are going to break it down for you. So follow us and subscribe on at Concerns Chief on Twitter and follow us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere you can find podcasts. Guys, we'll see you Good next night, week. Jets.
All right, man. Y'all be good. All right. Yeah. See y'all later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.